Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, I'm Casey Cott. Welcome to the Theater Podcast with Alan Seals. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Theater Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and this is Intimate Personal Conversations with the Industry's Biggest Names. Our guest is currently Christian in Moulin Rouge on Broadway, none other than Casey Cott, who, of course, may be best known for his role in Riverdale. Um, Just a quick disclaimer that as a one-man band, as I am, sometimes technical glitches happen because I forget to do one thing or the other, and uh, I actually forgot to select the proper input for this recording on my microphone, so (laughs) it's not quite as good as it normally is, but I repaired it as best I could. So apologies if the audio is a little bit down on my end. And Casey's story of uh, actually auditioning for and starting Riverdale is quite the whirlwind of uh, just being in the right place at the right time. And within 24 hours of auditioning, he's already across the country at a table read for execs. It's kind of nuts. And he'll tell the story, but everyone in his family uh, loves the arts. Um, Father was an actual Top Gun, but had this huge love of music. And it's just this kind of perfect storm of how everything came together. And he fell into these opportunities that he grabbed onto. Make sure to tag me on your socials and leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. And now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Casey Cott. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Today's guest may be best known for his role as Kevin Keller in the long-running CW series Riverdale. Other TV film credits include Asking For It, All the Little Things We Kill, Law & Order SVU, Katie Keene, Instinct, and some theater credits include The Who's Tommy at the Kennedy Center, and now his Broadway debut as Christian in Moulin Rouge the Musical, Casey Cott. Welcome to the Theater Podcast. Hey, thank you. That's I wish that would happen every morning before I wake up when I get out of bed, you know? <laughs> Today's guest may be best known for waking right. up and rolling out on the right side of the there bed. There we go. He's yeah. got to step into the shower. Other credits include washing <laughs> his feet, armpits, and shampooing his hair. And a big old mug of coffee. 
and a big log coffee and dealing with probably poopy diapers. Exactly. Um, exactly. Of your babies, not your own. Well, gosh. Okay. Well, congratulations. I guess that's a great place to start because you have a two month old. Thank you. Yeah. That's, uh, that's definitely the, uh, number one thing. Thank you. It's, it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> that's probably the best dad answer you can give me is it's early in the morning and uh you're saying i haven't woken up yet yeah um, so yeah, I've, yeah. Had, I've got two kids mine are in okay. second and third grade now oh amazing and and mine um when i was when when they were both born i was fortunate enough to be able to take solid time off and not have any job more or less and just concentrate on kids and now you've got eight shows a week you have to maintain as, yeah. as a very important role of Christian. You know, it's it's funny. My my brother uh, had his first while well, he was doing um, Bandstand on Broadway. And I believe they opened on a, on a Thursday maybe. And then the baby was born that Sunday. So... Um, I remember that. So I, so he, he, uh, so I, in my head, I was like, oh, he did that. I can do that, you know. And then Derek Klenna, who, who was Christian before me, had a baby a year ago while he was doing the role. And I was like, oh, Derek did it. I can do it. Corey at one point was like, you're going to be really tired. Like, just, you know, and Corey yeah, caught your brother. Corey yes. caught my brother. Yeah. So there, yes, there's, yes. there's, there's, uh, there's really no prep. There's really no prep for being on Broadway or having a child. So I thought, what if we just combine <laughs> them? And, and, uh, the two know, hardest things you could think of doing them at the same time. Right. But luckily, um, we ha we've had the, the perfect, I swear, he's like this dream baby. My wife is, um, she's not working right now, which is, which is perfect, um, for the situation. And honestly, uh, the lack of sleep is, is pretty, you know, tough, but the schedule with a newborn actually works in a lot of ways um, mm. be because the one show days I'm, I'm gone from 5.30 to 10 and and then I stay up and do the late feeding and then I can sleep. Um, it's something we'll always remember. Like, I cannot believe we did that. And they're, they're coming into the, he's, you said two months old, right? He's yeah. coming into that third month now when like that third month, he's, they just start to open up and become real people and yeah. like smiling and yeah. having like actual he's, little baby attitudes totally he's just started smiling which is like changes your world in the craziest oh, way totally. you're like what the heck dude he's doing all kinds of crazy stuff now he's just starting to you know communicate in the very minuscule ways of like smiling or or uh you know he'll like grab your hand or he he likes little uh stimulation like these little toys and colors and lights and stuff um but it's it's awesome. They're actually away this week, um, my wife and the baby, which I thought I was gonna be like, this is amazing. I'm gonna sleep. I'm gonna like go to the village and get coffee. No, I'm <laughs> I'm like FaceTiming her every two seconds, just sitting in the apartment, twiddling my thumbs, waiting for them to come back. Well, I could sit here and talk about newborn babies all day. Yeah, this is I the get podcast. you get now not the newborn baby podcast. You you understand this now? I once you have a newborn in your past like the first the first couple of weeks are really crazy because you just don't know what you're doing but mm -hmm. although i would say the first couple of days then you kind of figure it out but i get why people keep having kids now because i'm already sad that he's not going to be like this forever and I you're know. like i could just do it again and then we'll have a newborn 
it's just such a crazy phase. But um, <laughs> that being said, uh, we're going to stick with one for, for the time being. <laughs> I, my, mine are 20 months apart because we, we wanted, the original plan was three. We wanted to do back to back to back. And then we had, we had number one and he was, Logan was a, a, an easy baby, like sleeping through the night a long time and easier, I guess, than some. And we're like, this is no problem. Can we for number two? Two came out and two was still a good baby, but we're like, it's not double the work. It's like four times the work right. because especially when they're that close. So we're like, we're out, we're tapping yeah. out. That's it. We're done with two. Yeah. We we're aiming for two, you know, who knows? Who the heck knows? Like, if you told me a year ago I'd be on Broadway with a baby, I would have told you you were nuts. So here we are. <laughs> well, okay, speaking of babies then. So so little Casey, um, you're one of three, right? Correct, so, yeah. Yeah, so older brother, other brother, uh, Corey, who mm -hmm. is also a Broadway person, you're Casey. And then who's, who's the younger brother or sister? Uh, sister. My sister's a year and three days younger than me. Well, so yours are all back to back to back to back. Yeah. I mean, your, your parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's awesome. She works for iHeartRadio. Um, and her husband is a, he's a freaking awesome dude. He's a drummer and he works for a company that manages, uh, touring acts like Taylor Swift of the Rolling Stones. And yeah, they're a super cool couple. That's so cool. So yeah. then what what got the three of you into performing arts then? I mean, because I was reading like your your dad is it is or was an investment manager and former Air Force fighter pilot? Yeah. My dad my dad is a, is an actual top gun. He has three no top kidding. guns. Yeah. And then when I was born, he left the military and now he's he's in finance. Um but but he's a very creative guy, um, loves music, like deep deep, deep seated love for music. My mom, I think my mom always was a bit of a theater fan um, in terms of like any mom would like musicals kind of thing. Not any mom, but she, she, she did like, like, for instance, she had the Les Mis CD, uh, but Corey was into it since he was a young, um, young kid. He, he was kind of the star kid like growing up and I wasn't really into it, but my sister was a dancer. Um, I don't really know how he caught the bug. I think he just, he was always kind of kind of into it, um, and then as we as he got into high school, you know, he was doing the community theater and uh, school shows and all that. And then he started to get really, really good, like really, really, you know. He's, there's that weird time in high school when some people just all of a sudden start sounding not like high schoolers, and so then puberty, he went to puberty will go either way for right, some people, exactly, <laughs> especially um, especially boys. Yeah, we had this really talented little community. I mean, uh, we grew up with with uh, Ben Fankhauser and Max Chernin and Chris McCarroll and all these crazy random Cleveland Alex Wise, Jordan Brown, all these crazy Cle Cleveland actors, and and so he was kind of in that community, and I. I joined super late. I in high school, we were doing Oklahoma, and Corey was a senior. My sister was a freshman. I was a sophomore. And my mom really wanted me to be in it, so she kind of bribed me with fifty bucks. And I was like, "All right." That's a literal bribe, not a, yeah. not a kind. Of bribe. She didn't kind yeah, of. Yeah, she yeah. she bribed me. It was my first paid gig, and then um, <laughs> I just arguably yes. <laughs> you you know any any theater person you you do that show and you're like I don't know what I just like want to be around these people and do that keep I just really enjoy this you know and then uh, the next year I did we did Guys and Dolls and I got I got Sky somehow I don't I don't know and then then it like I was like oh I, I like want to do this I like really want to do this so did did you 
did she have to convince you that you guys and dolls or after no. Oklahoma you were like, oh, okay, cool. This is something I can get into. After Oklahoma, I was like, I'm going to audition for this again. And, and then I got a call back and the music director was actually a choir teacher at, at a different high school at the time. And she, I think she was like, I think there's like something in there maybe. And so I, I went and had a voice lesson with her and I ended up doing some voice lessons with her. And then she kind of opened me up and I was like, oh, I, I think if I'm like confident, this is what I'm struggling with right now on Broadway. If I'm confident here, uh, I can do this. And so I went and to the callback and I got called back for like nice and nicely or something. And then they, they were like, you should audition for Sky. And then I did Sky. And then actually at that show, I, I broke my ankle ice skating with all my friends as high schoolers do. And then did the whole show in a walking boot, kind of like limping around the stage. <laughs> um, and then after that, we had we had this really cool performing arts high school for half the day at our high school. It was kind of like a magnet program. So people from other high schools would come and we had this really cool acting teacher. Uh, so I, I told my parents before my senior year of high school, I wanted to audition at schools. And uh, they were like, here we go again. Because Corey this time was now entering his junior. When I was going to be, a when I was a freshman in college, Corey was a junior. They were like, here we go, this whole audition nonsense. For those who don't know, the auditioning for college process is insane but i worked worked really hard and then i went to i ended up jumping around schools a little bit but ended up at, at carnegie mellon and did four years there and then my last semester of senior year i booked the riverdale pilot yeah i, I don't know what the original question is but that's my life story <laughs> well, <laughs> what originally got you into performing yeah and so you were bri bribed for oklahoma then you were like okay i can do this guys and dolls at, at some point there had to have been a switch in in your mind or or like you're saying you had to find the confidence but there had to be something where you said oh i want i don't want to do what i thought i wanted to do now i'm gonna do this because like you said auditioning for college is a is a it's more than a chore. It's a full-time job almost to get yourself ready for college auditions. I think I didn't have a, a passion prior to finding acting outside of sports. And I, I'm a terrible athlete. So those <laughs> those things didn't mesh well. So I, so I thought, oh, what about, you know, sports journalism, you know, being a, a sports broadcaster? I, that, that's something I would really like to do. But then I found acting and I, I, I think I've been the most fortunate actor i f i seem to stumble into things and people that continuously just believe in me and and really kind of challenge me and that's kind of what happened at that performing arts high school the the main teacher there tom was always challenging me and always pushing me and and in doing that all of a sudden before i auditioned for colleges i had done you know a new musical in our town that someone had written um, I did Guys and Dolls, I did Music Man, we did a Chekhov play, we did Three Sisters, we did like all this random stuff. And all of a sudden in two years, I had this wealth of, of experience for a high school kid. To me, to be able to, to experience that, that much in a year and a half or two years in high school, is so cool that we, we had those kind of opportunities, you know? So I think it, it kind of clicked kind of after Guys and Dolls and wanted to do that former, I could just tell I, I, I wanted to try. I just wanted to try, you know? It was like the first thing that I felt like I might be, I might be good at and I also really like it and I want to figure it out, what, whatever that is. That's really cool. And so you would have gone probably to sports broadcasting or sports journalism mm -hmm. had you not followed this path. That, that's a very different paths. But uh, I, I, my original plan in high school, I took Japanese, took three years of Japanese in high school, 
And I was always into like computers and programming and stuff. And I always said, I'm either going to be an actor or move to Japan and develop AI. Neither of which happened. Uh, well, so, well, actually, the acting happened regionally, yeah. professionally for a while. But What if you yeah. develop a play about Japanese AI here? Because <laughs> I would go see that. I would definitely go see that. Or hmm. uh, like, a, like a pilot. That sounds amazing. All right. I'm going to develop... I'm going to develop a radio play, a podcast radio play about Japanese AI, and you've got to be in it. I'm going to do that. Yeah. All right. All right. Let me know. Either that or vampires. Everybody's in a vampire. Vampires what are if it's everywhere. Vampire AI. What if it's an AI that turns into a vampire? That's I'm reluctant ooh, to agree go. to that yet, but <laughs> we can. Um, I'm actually. But the I'm original idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. 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 So then. Riverdale, uh, we can dive into this. Thankfully, because the SAG strike's over. Thank, thank, yeah. uh, pra praise SAG. So Riverdale, that has to have been such a, a, a switch as well in terms of like changing your career trajectory, changing like your fame, notoriety. Um, I guess taking in your parents' eyes too, if they're like, oh, here we go again. Like, yeah. there's a lot of things that I'm sure all of a sudden happen when you're not well-known well, or not on a, something that's popular beforehand. Kind of what happened was Corey. So at this point, I'm I'm a senior in college. Corey has done Corey's done Newsies and Gigi, and I think he had done Bandstand at Paper Mill. So he's kind of laid out this dream Broadway trajectory where he got Newsies right out of school, and it just happened that Jeremy, you know, had left very quickly after he joined, and he took over right away. And so it was it was just you know really interesting. Um, trajectory and, and 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 in my eyes that was the most successful move from college to this to the to the industry that I had seen and so I thought okay what I'm going to do is I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to try to get a play or a musical and I that's that's just what I want to do TV and film wasn't wasn't super on my radar and well I shouldn't say that it was I was auditioning for lots of TV lots of pilots and movies and but I just hadn't I had never been on a set really that wasn't like a commercial or something. So I was in New York City for our senior showcase and they were in a pickle to cast my character on Riverdale. And so I auditioned and booked it that night. No callback. Wow. And flew to Vancouver the next morning. No kidding. And quick? had a table read that day. Like it was nuts. Actually, actually what really happened was I was in New York, I didn't have my passport. So I almost didn't get the job, <sighs> but my agents convinced them that I would fly back to Pittsburgh to get my passport and then would fly me from Pittsburgh to Vancouver. So I took like three or four flights that day and then got to Vancouver and then went to bed because I got in at like 10 and then we had a table read the next morning, which is intense. Like you're at this huge table and it's like the whole cast is there, all the team is there. And then, you know, Warner Brothers and the CW are on TVs in LA watching. And like, you can, you can get canned from that reading. Like it's kind of intense, but they, before I, I met with the director and the writer and they were like, Hey, this, this is, um, this reading is going to be semi-theatrical. Like just make sure you're reaching the back of the room. And I was like, I just did like four years of college acting. Like that's the one thing I think I know how to do. Um, <laughs> but it was awesome. And then we filmed this pilot and it was crazy. And you know, we did we did the full first season and it, and it aired on TV and it was 
I remember we were just really hoping we'd get another season and then it went to Netflix and then it was like, boom, out of nowhere, yeah. just chaos, like it's chaos. It's so funny how that happens. And so look, let's, I want to talk about that for a second, actually, because I'm very curious being on the inside and being the recipient of the Netflix success, uh, what you feel about it, because like being on a network, being restricted to one channel that is in competition with every other channel. And I'm not saying the streaming services aren't, but mm. there's a gateway to you have to get through to watch it on the CW. You have to have cable, right? For the right. most part. But then like streaming service, you can get on any device anywhere in the world, more or less, you know, with geographical restrictions aside. But there's so many shows that like manifest being one of them suits now that I'm binging like crazy. I, I le legitimately remember I watched Riverdale myself years ago when it came to Netflix, too, because I was like, oh, what's this thing that everyone's watching? Because it, it gives you the trending. It gives you what what's active. So are you are you have enough experience or have you talked with people who are, are maybe like you know, in their 50, 40, 40s, 50s, 60s or whatever, who who have seen the transition from, oh, I need a network show to, oh, I need a, a streaming show. Because like now yeah. you see these A-list Academy Award-winning <laughs> actors doing all these streaming service, streaming service movies that I wouldn't have thought they'd even give the time to 10 years ago or even five years ago. So the, the most important uh, way to have this conversation is to identify how how quickly technology grows um, in comparison to the field that we're in. So I always like to say, you have to realize the first season of Riverdale was shot when Obama was still president. That's how long ago it was. We were, right. we, we were, we, there was, there was, you know, there was Netflix and HBO at the time. Disney plus wasn't a thing yet. I don't think, I think Hulu was there, but it was kind of like, so we went TV, through this. Yeah, it was not not good at that point. Yeah. So at, at that point, like chucking on Netflix for a show like like Riverdale was a very seamless thing. Now there was a CW app in the at one point in there. I I think that's still there. Then now now uh, you know Warner Brothers has its own app because they're a part of Max, which at one point was HBO and then HBO Max. Now it's Max. In a way, the studios all have ownership of their own streaming service now, which eventually. Is everything just going to be like cable streamers? I I, I don't know. I mean, because yeah, what what did they just announce uh, that Disney is buying Comcast out of primary share ownership of Hulu? So now mm -hmm. Disney's going to own Hulu. I like primary share. I think well, something I think, like that. I think I think Disney already does own primary shares of Hulu, but now they're just buying out Comcast shares, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. mean, it'll be interesting to see. Like what you know, what one day. You know, what if Netflix and, and Disney are like, this would be better if we're not at war together. I, I, I foresee things like that happening. It's kind of like what's happening with like agencies after COVID. A lot of them, the smaller ones combine or all get kind of joined into the bigger ones. And then eventually, you know, you're like, do we just have like two big agencies or are we going to kind of dissect? I'm not super smart in those fields. I just kind of observe it. I do know that uh being on a show that all of a sudden overnight went to Netflix and was like boom it was crazy it's crazy and 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 I I you know I've watched I'm watching suits on Netflix now and I never would have watched it and I think it's awesome yeah. that these shows get this second life and um you know it's 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 an interesting time but it's it's a it's the golden era of TV there's so much content um there's not as much as there was 5 years ago but there's 
there's just so much content and it's being digested at record rates. So I, I think it's as an avid watcher of series, I think it's really cool. I think sometimes when you're in it, it's a bit nuts, but it's cool. Yeah. Hang on, everybody. We're just going to take a quick break. All right, now we're back. Cable needs to adapt. And I've said this for, for years. As soon as Netflix came out, I was like, this is it. This is where, where we're going. And even when it was just DVD services, right? I don't know if you remember, ever had D, yeah. uh, Netflix, oh, yeah. it was just DVD. But um, I, I sort of equate this to to the way that esports operates and from a business standpoint, because yeah. you have um, the the company that makes the video game, like Epic makes Fortnite, right? So there's four, four, Epic puts on, they make the game, they make the tournaments, then they make the competitions, like they own the end-to-end -end process. Right. So they, they control every aspect of it and they're not paying out to to other, you know, uh, other than the venues of which they're holding the competitions in, right? Yeah, the, the way it, the way that esports, how lucrative esports is compared to something like NBA or NFL or something where you have all these competing services with competing, with a whole organization that's trying to, to I don't know, it just, you see what I mean? I, I'm not explaining yeah. this well. No, it's, but, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I think, um, you know, selfishly as an actor, I, I just love how much content's out there because it you you just look at the TV spectrum right now and you're like, there's everything from mm -hmm. Game of Thrones to Riverdale to White Lotus to Morning Show. It's like every service has a show that's a banger and I'm like, I'm in. So I, I, hope, I hope in whatever happens in the future, they keep creating all this great content because I think uh, people will keep digesting it and it's, you know, it's great. It's great for actors. You know, mm -hmm. look at Schmigadoon. Well, look at look at right? look at all, all these amazing Broadway people. You know, look at Only Murders in the Building, like, and being in the Broadway scene now, seeing these freaking insane, talented actors up on a TV is awesome. You know what I mean? And 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 that's that's like the bingo card is watching all these people being able to now jump into this TV spectrum, and you know whether it's Maisel or Schmigadoon or whatever, it's awesome. Look at the reverse. Now people yeah. who are giant fans of Riverdale can come see yours truly, Casey Cott, <laughs> sing, sing beautifully, effortlessly, oh, floating the tenor voice across the stage eight times a week. And so I came and saw the show uh, a few days ago. I was there Tuesday night and was so, so impressed. And I will, I, I'm saying this because you exceeded my my wildest expectations. Because when you, when you hear of like, oh, a TV star, it's another stunt casting, blah, blah, blah. But you freaking held it, man. Like you led that show and you can sing like nobody's business. You do not expect someone who you've never heard to sing before, heard sing before, to be able to sing like that. Thanks, man. And it was, it was absolutely incredible. So I wanna actually know how Moulin Rouge even found its way into your into your lap? Was that an audition or did they come to you and, and ask you or what? Um, it's kind of a long story. I So Bill Damaschke, who's one of our lead producers, um, mm -hmm. and I did a reading when I was fresh out of college. I booked Riverdale and then the one theater thing I booked was this infamous reading of um, The Prince of Egypt with Stephen Schwartz and Scott Schwartz yeah. directed it. And um, Bill produced it. And since then, Bill and I have some mutual friends. We've been friends for, for, for years now. Along with that, a lot of the team I had, I had met through various things. And the first conversation, my, my agents repped a couple people that have been to the show. 
my first conversation with them was a long time ago. They were, I forget exactly if it was like the two, they were putting the tour together or they were, or Aaron was leaving or something. I don't know. I think it was the tour, but, but the, I was filming Riverdale and they wanted to see if, if it would be a, you know, if I could come in, but it just wasn't a good timing. Um, but I said, Hey, I, I really like this show. And I, I, I really, you know, in the future, let's see what could happen. We, at the last, last couple episodes of Riverdale, or no, this would have been like March a while ago. I, I, that conversation came back up. I had to, uh, it just seems like perfect timing. You know, this was before the strike and everything as well, but we knew we were pregnant and we knew we, we, we didn't, didn't know what was coming next, but I've been dying to get on stage and for a lot of reasons. And, and, um, when this opportunity came up, it was like, there's no way I could, it's the, it's a, it's everything you wanted as a kid. And now that I'm doing it, it is crazy. <laughs> it is so much, it's everything I wanted and a million times different and weirder and fun, more fun and harder. And, but the team is awesome. There's just such a great group of people. The cast is freaking awesome. It's such a spectacle and it's definitely different than showing up to set for sure. And the singing thing is hard, man. Singing is so hard. <laughs> But um, <laughs> you just you just gotta get get up there and 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 I talk I poor Courtney my co-star Courtney Reed is she she deals with me every day being like I don't think I could do this. Do you really still doubt yourself even after doing it this long? You're like I don't know if I can keep doing this. You know what I I I do I'd be lying if I if I I've done it over a hundred times and. This week, I, I think this is one thing that I don't know if I haven't listened to. Or I don't know if people talk about it, but you you can go through it mentally, man, because you, right now there's a couple, you're t I'm tired this week because the baby, I think. And, and uh, you know, this week mentally has been tough. And so you know, I am the kind of actor who gets in my head and, uh, and, and then messes, every, messes up, up on myself, you know, but I've never had more fun and I've never been more um, humbled by by the people around me and by the show. I don't know, I could go on forever, but but it's but I do get very nervous some nights. Last night I had a really nervous night. I don't know why. My dad was there. Yeah, it 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 seems like yeah, all that. It's like like it's compounding though cuz I've talked with people too and I, I reference this a lot cuz it's one of the most extreme cases, but like I dove into when I interviewed Patty Murin when she was doing Anna and Frozen. She very famously has written an article that I brought up about having yeah. panic attacks right. while on stage, right? Yeah. And and so it's not it's not uncommon. It's uncommon to talk about because I think you're like you present you're afraid you're presenting yourself to to I guess uh, hurt your chances of future work because you want to appear as rock solid. But I feel like yeah, the I... cool thing now is to talk about your own mental health a little bit more. I like to just like think of each day to be like. When I'm like super anxious, I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, why, why am I, f and most of the time it's just because I'm thinking about myself, like way too much <laughs> because that's what actors do. I'm like, why am I obsessed with the way that I sound? Like, why don't I just chill out and try to tell the story? But I also just think your first time doing eight shows a week is a, is a huge learning uh, curve. And that is why I've been so uh, lucky to have the team at, at Moulin Rouge because they're, they're just pros and I can lean on them and trust them. And, and the cast is the same way, you know? And, mm -hmm. and also you, you start to learn that, you know, some, some days, some days are harder than others and that's okay. You know, some days are going to be weird. Some days I wake up and like, there's just something like off in there. 
and and you have to figure out what it is but that that's normal because the first couple of times you're like is this normal and then you're like yeah every everything's normal like you, you just it's just the way your bodies work so when you go to courtney and you're like i don't know if i can do this today what does she say to you uh recently she's been so sick of it i think that she's just like <laughs> No, she just always says you're good. It's like, shut up. Yes, shut up. I think we're into that phase where, um, but she's just always like, she's done it for so long. Um, she's like, you can do it. She was like, every day you're not going to go home and think, man, I sang like, that was, that was, that was it. She was like, that's not how it always works. Some, night, some days you, you just think, how am I going to get through this? And some days you're, you're flying through it and some days you're it's like your body gets sick okay the everything affects your body too like you just and during doing tv i wasn't as aware um but like the season changes and and you know you're in an old building in new york and you're all those things affect you but the more the more i think about my scene partners and telling the story and not trying to sound like something uh the more successful i think you are as an actor but it's it's hard it's interesting very hard some days. And also, I just think most of the time, people just need a nap. <laughs> oh, probably. I, I take naps like, yeah. frequently because oh, I can. Yeah. Because I'm an adult and I can. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Especially with the newborn, like cuddle up, put, put the little newborn in your armpit. Oh, yeah. And then you nap when they nap. Sometimes got to do it. Post-show, he's just like here. I'm like, oh, this is the freaking best, man. He's such such a cool dude. <laughs> and they smell so good. And oh, yeah. eating solid food. Newborn oh, yeah. baby smells the best. the best. And then they start eating solid food and the poop smells like poop from yeah. that point on and the whole thing's downhill. It's not so bad right now. No, it's so good. Enjoy it. Smell that baby while you can. Oh, well. <laughs> Before it gets bad. Uh, so what's one of the things that you found actually easier about being Christian than you thought it would be? That's a great question. I think the vocal the vocals is, is the most hard part. I think just... The building is free is awesome. Like, like every day you get to work, everyone's awesome. And that part makes everything so much easier. Like everyone's encouraging. In those moments where I am having more tough sh tough show, everyone's awesome. The the you never know when you go to work in any industry what, what your coworkers are gonna be like. And I found I've I've found that this group of people is very special and and mm -hmm. help you realize there's a lot more to life than this moment of the show that we're in, if something goes wrong, like it's okay. You just keep going. Uh, sometimes, most of the time the audience doesn't know. I'm <laughs> struggling to find something that's easy. Um, <laughs> Broadway's hard, people. Yeah, but it, it, it it's, I, I wouldn't necessarily say things are easier than I thought, but I think that they're uh, better. They're more fun. It's a lot less like scary, like, and more like, Dude, let's work. Let's work. Let's create something. Let's do this. Let's get there. Let's let's figure this out. And so I just I just really like the people. I think any job you're in, it's just all about who you're working with. And if you're working with good people, you're gonna have a good time, and you're probably gonna make something kind of cool. Yeah. Well, you're at the top of your game. I've said this so many times on this podcast that Broadway is the Olympics of theater. It's the best of the best. And you're you're there just doing what you do naturally well, and you're doing it with other people who are also naturally amazing at it. And so the stakes are higher, but the results are that much higher. And everyone's at the top of their game. And when, I think, like you said, when you're in a cast in an environment that feels supportive, 
that it's okay. Like you get the, the experience, experience will teach you that it's okay to mess up because that makes some of the best moments on stage, especially when the rest of the show, the cast can, can carry you and yeah. uh, help you recover easily or, or even make something fun out of it. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and yeah, just have fun. Also, this is something that I've been working on is like, how do I make this, instead of trying to prove myself, prove that I prove to myself that I deserve to be here. What if I try to focus on the things I'm good at and make these things easier? You know, why, why is, why am I always trying to like, trying to do something that like is 50, 50, whether I'm going to hit it or not, because I want to prove to myself I can do it instead of being like, oh, I actually, I can do that really well. I should do that. And I think when you're, when you're with a group of people that is encouraging and they, they encourage you to do that, that other thing that, that you're more comfortable with, that's awesome too. It's just better for everyone. <laughs> Hang on, everybody. We're just going to take a quick break. All right. Now we're back. You have a, have you developed any routines or anything? Like the last thing you do before you go out on stage every night, you have to like touch, touch the proscenium and with three fingers or something. I have, I have, so I like to get there super early. Um, cause I'm a nut case. And, um, actually I was funny. I was, I was watching the, interview with the Merrily cast about how Daniel and Lindsay and, and Jonathan all show up at different times. So in that interview, I'm very much in tune with Daniel. We're like, I'm there early, like doing all these warm, trying to warm up my body and voice and stuff. But I, but th when that happens, I'm usually done and dressed like 40 minutes before the show. And Courtney and I have dressing rooms kind of like right on top of each other. So um, I usually just go hang out with her for the, like, the last 30 minutes. <laughs> And um, we have a lot of good times just like chilling before the show and everyone kind of pops in and out when we're, when we're hanging out there. Um, and I do have a Ted Lasso belief sign on my, on my wall. Sometimes I give that oh, a little, cool. little slap on the nights where I'm, I'm nervous or whatever. And then, you know, the show starts off in a really cool way. I, I, I know you've seen it, but if anyone hasn't seen it, I, I kind of walk out and I don't say anything, I don't sing anything. And then I just raise the sign and we start. And it's so cool because I get to like feel the audience and and be on stage for a second and take a deep breath before I have to to do any of the things that that scare me and be like, oh, we're good. You know, we're good. We're gonna be fine. We're gonna be fine. These people are here to have a good time and we're gonna show them the best time we possibly can. And that that's fun too, you know? So I guess that's kind yeah. of the part of routine. And then right after that, I'm down with, uh, with, uh, with Andre and Gabe um, before, before we kind of run out and we just kind of laugh and make jokes and check in. And we actually have a little weird thing that we all do before we run out there. There's like this little, like, this is so weird, but there's like this little stuffed animal in the, in the, uh, at the sound booth that everyone kind of taps, but I have this lamp I go to and we all joke it's like my energy source and we like slap this lamp. I, I don't know. We, we do a bunch of weird stuff. We're a bunch of weirdos. That's another thing you realize when you're doing Broadway is like we're all the group of weirdos that we were when we were 10, like running around on stage. That's literally what we're doing. So yeah, I guess I slapped the lamp. <laughs> so stupid. That's that's now the title of this episode. Slap the lamp. Uh, slapping the lamp. Well, when I don't do all it, right. Andre goes, Go, you didn't slap the lamp. And then I like run over and like, well, <laughs> it's like maybe it's more for him. If you don't yeah. slap the lap, then he doesn't have. Then he doesn't world. get his energy source. Yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, cool, cool, cool. So then, um, I'm gonna ask you three questions. Okay. I ask everyone to wrap up the episodes. Just the very first one is simply, what motivates you? 
Oh man, I think my little my little guy for sure. Like mm. everything kind of changes. Um, and and my wife. When the the shows that are more most successful is when I'm thinking about them and like doing this for them and not for me. So yeah, those two. Hmm. What advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now, starting out down a similar path? Oh man, that's great. Just to love on yourself and give yourself a lot of grace because what we do in this field is built on failing and not being perfect. And you're just never going to be perfect. So I'm still telling myself like, just enjoy it. Don't enjoy not being perfect because you're just not ever going to be perfect. And that's okay. Enjoy not being perfect. That is great. Okay. Now, last question. Hardest one. If you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? I've liked some random musicals, man. I, I'm like weird. My favorite musical ever is Assassins, mm. but there's not like a production of that. So... You can, like, say, you can say that. If it was mysteriously recorded and you're stuck on a desert island, you've got to record yeah. the assassins. But also, like, maybe, like, Wicked. Like, have you ever gone to Wicked and been like, I didn't, you know, have a good, semi-good time watching that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You always enjoy it. It oh, still holds it, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Bandstand. Bandstand. There you go. Bandstand. OBC. I guess there was only one cast, but Bandstand. That I saw. That's I love that show. I love that. It was show. great. Yeah, it's absolutely great. All right, um, where can we find you on the social media? Um, just Casey Cott, just Instagram, hanging out on the gram. IG, IG. Yeah, geez, you haven't done threads or, or TikToks yet. I I have a TikTok, but I've never made one, and so I need to learn how to do that. I I don't know how to do it. I just post things and hope I did it right. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn at the theater. They're gonna teach me. All the kids are gonna the teach you. The kids are gonna teach me. Old age of. 31 <laughs> you <get a> <laughs> dude i had some friends from high school at the show last night and i was like are we feeling old yet like i have a kid is this weird but uh comes in hot gotta learn how to do the tiktok that's right that's right i i love uh upload do you want to upload on love YouTube? upload i like how everything's like what do you have a degree from TikTok University? Yeah, uh, you know, like because that in the future everything is you know majorly uh, commercialized. I love oh, that. Oh yeah, I love Our upload. social media took over. Yeah, great. Uh, cool. You can find more of me at thetheaterpodcast.com. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and Facebook. Leave a rating and review wherever you're listening now. Our music came from Jukebox the Ghost, and our combo came from Casey Cott. Casey, thank you so much. This has been uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much. I, thanks for having me. Take a deep breath, make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.